to Big 20. <laughs> uh, where GMs from all walks of life and experience talk trade. Uh, my name is Eric, and with me are... I'm Chad. I'm Pedro. Let's see. Let's see. This week, we're going to talk about uh, starting something new. I mean, this being the first episode of Big 20 as it is, uh, let's talk about uh, the processes that you go through whenever you're wanting to start something new, um, whether it be a new campaign or maybe a spinoff of an old campaign or something like that, or maybe even just like a one shot. Um, what are the, some of the child. things that you like to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do you just want us to start talking? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go right in. Yeah. No, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you don't need to, no need to wait for me. I'm just making sure everybody, uh, <laughs> you know, all the sounds sounded correct. Okay, go ahead. Well, Pedro, let me, let me try this on you. What's the last new thing you've tried? The last new thing I tried was, hmm. Well, two, I guess there's two things. Um, <laughs> well, okay. So we're recording uh, season two of one of our podcasts, World Walkers Cog. And we got one session in and we decided to change the entire uh, system we're using. Wow. <laughs> so uh, new twice. <laughs> that works out. How, how did that go over? Because uh, those who don't know the story, I, actually, Pedro, tell that story. How, what, what did you switch from and what did you switch to? Sure. So, um, so we decided to start recording, um, world walkers cog season two. Right. And we got about three or four episodes in, and then that group fell apart. (laughs) So we had to do it new again. And then we sat down and we said, you know what, we're doing pathfinder second edition in the other podcast. Let's do it here because if nothing else, we'll learn the system faster. If we have to play it constantly, that's true. Um, Everyone was cool with it. And then I think we got, we did one session with Pathfinder and then um, I am switching to Savage Worlds most likely in one of the other games that I run. And the, I kind of got, maybe I misread the situation, but uh, as I told the the cog crew, as we call ourselves, uh, the rest of the players like, oh, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's cool. I'm really happy for them. I did. Uh, so you're seeing someone new. Uh, awesome. I mean, I, uh, wow. Why? Like, so, uh, <laughs> as I started reading the room, I was like, do you all just want to switch? And we put it to a vote and boom. So we sat down, we converted our characters. I am redoing everything that I've prepped mechanically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and next week we'll be uh, starting our second game, second system. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I've had something, I've had things similar to that happen where, you know, we've, we get one game in and, you know, there's a complete misfire on the rules on the system. We think it's one thing, but it was, was kind of another. And usually that, that kind of kills the campaign for us. Oh. Um, yeah. I mean, we, my group, we don't do like long, epic, 20 year long campaigns. Like our long campaigns are about a year uh, mm-hmm. to the one I'm running right now, six months. We like to do one shots and stuff. So yeah. like launching characters and then launching a game and then doing one, one sort of session of it and going, that's eh, not for us. <laughs> and then switching to something else, you know, it's just like, ah, that, that was failure to launch guys. What do we want to do? Uh, mm-hmm. We'll do, we'll just kick it. We'll just kick it to the curb yeah. because we kind of, we fail fast, fail often, you know? And so that way you can get like more stuff out there. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. With Pedro, you're, that's, it takes, I think, a lot of guts to do something. And I've mentioned this to you before. I think it takes a lot of guts to do what you do. And, you know, to, to start a, a project like, you know, hey, we're going to do a podcast. We're going to do a, a, an actual play and we're going to do this and, you know, hype, hype, hype. And then to go, mm, okay, nope, well, let's do something else. Um, I mean, my inclination would be, nope, that's time to put that on the shelf and not even continue. <laughs> so to just say, well, we're just going to switch gears and go on. I, I actually admire that because that's, uh, that, that's tough to do, you know, to kind of swallow, swallow, you know, your, your, your pride and, and go, I was really geared up to do this. And now it looks like we're going to do something else. That's the trick is having no pride. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, we did it seasons one through three is one campaign of world walkers. And then we switched cast completely just about, and we have a whole new cast and then we're playing season four. And at one point we looked at it and we're like, man, we really think that pathfinder second edition is going to give us what we really want. And so we switched in the middle of the seat. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's the, the whole thing that I'm always trying to convey is like, we want people to feel like they're hanging out with us at the game. And sometimes yeah. this stuff happens. Like we're not yeah. putting on a production for right. better or worse. Well, and I mean, system <laughs> system is important. You know, system conveys a lot, conveys a lot of feel, conveys, conveys a ton of stuff. But really, the system is the behind-the-scenes framework. So if you're like, well, this system isn't working for us, but we could do this other system would work great, why do you have to change the characters? Why do you have to change right. their names, their personalities, their, you know, the story, the, the plots, the frameworks? Who cares? Yep. You know, it's like... All you're changing is algebra. That's it. The the behind the scenes, how to punch someone algebra. And yeah. Or changing algebra to basic math, which is where I need to live. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> like, you try fifth edition. Solve for X. No. <laughs> Fuck your alphabet. That's not what I came here to do. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I just came here to kill some orcs, man. Right, right. I don't how need many all that orcs? stuff. That's up to the GM. Why? Why? Just tell me when there's what is no your more motivation. Did, did orcs kill your parents? <laughs> right. Oh, we, we get into that. Like that stuff's fun. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I try to keep the players hooked on the story and then right. use the engine to tell the story. If they were there for the, for the engine, be a lot tougher <laughs> well and you know what there's a lot of people that are like that that it's like if it if you're not going to run this particular game then i'll see you later and then let me know when you're going to run my game which is yeah. awesome because people should know what they want to play when they sit yeah. down yeah. yeah and you yeah. know i i appreciate the honesty too i've never mm -hmm. actually had that happen though because we have in my group we have now three gms and we have one that we are lifting up we, she's a new player and we're, she j actually just ran her first game for adults. She, she ran like a game for her kids, but her first game for adults, uh, she ran it last weekend and uh, it was just a one shot. It was great. And we're kind of like, you know, prepping her for, she, she's talking about like the next campaign after the next one, she's going to maybe take it off and, and start running with it. But um, yeah. How the, would uh, you say she started something new? Call back to the title. Oh yeah, <laughs> pull, pull it all the way back. Uh, yeah, that, she did start something new. She yeah. you know, gaming for the first, not gaming for the first time. She was running a game for the first time, mm -hmm. um, and she did great. Uh, she, you know, she she had some nervousness about the leading up to it, but. You know, the biggest problem that she had is that everybody sitting around the table 
has been gaming since they were teenagers. Right. Um, and some of us do a podcast on role-playing game, role-playing game advice. And, you know, so there, there's a, I can see how there'd be in, some intimidation there. You know, if you're self-conscious and you feel that, you know, oh, I'm, I really got to bring my A game for these guys. Like, you know, we're, we're just happy to be there. And I've got like a whole bottle of whiskey here. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but the, uh, but with her, she, I think she had a little bit of that going into it, but it was really good for her because, because we were so experienced and because we had game master. It's just like, we were there to have fun and our fun was to make it an awesome time for her. And, you know, I, I hope we accomplished the mission. She said she had a lot of fun running it. So. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that's something that gets missed sometimes when, especially like, like our friend, Brandon, um, he wants to run a, he wants to run a game, but he's, he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to run a game. And we keep telling him run the game for people who have run games because right. we know it's, it, yeah. you know, when you're, when, when you're bombing, it's all, almost like a, a very much like stand up comedy. I, I liken, uh, being a good GM to being a stand-up comic, you're going to probably bomb more than you're going to actually succeed, but that's the learning curve, right? So, you know, just go out there and do it. And if you're going to do it, do it with, with people who know what it feels like to not do well, because they're more tight, unless they're dicks, they're going to help you. They're going to, yeah. they're going to do things that are going to either further what you're trying to do or the story, or they're going to overlook your, you know, your slips and things like that, because they're just like, we just want to play and have fun. Most GMs that I know don't get to play hardly at all, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so they're just happy to play. Yeah. I, I firmly believe, and I've always thought this, that every player should run one game. Even if it's just a one-shot, one session, even if they're terrible at it, even if they're shy, even if they don't have any desire whatsoever to do it, have no ideas, don't know how, hell, just grab a module. Everyone in this hobby needs to run once so that you understand the pitfalls of it. You understand how players affect you. You understand the process of running a game. And you, when you play again, if you've kind of absorbed that knowledge, then you can use that to say, you know, I, I've been in that seat before. I, I, maybe I can help here. Or maybe I could not be harmful here. You know, and right. I think that's important. I think there's a lot of people who play games who don't know when they're being bad, when they're being disruptive. I mean, they're, they're with their friends. They're hanging out. They're, they're just doing their thing. And maybe their thing is not the best thing for the game. But I, I like the idea that we should use GMing as a punishment. <laughs> players are fucking up and it's like you know what yeah. my daughter's in kindergarten they have the chill out chair and that's that's basically for gms but i like that idea i'm yeah. kind of the opposite in that i don't like playing i've played about five times in 20 years wow and uh don't make me play i um no i just <laughs> i just want to dm so <laughs> what so I mean, um, is it just uh, you don't like uh, um, you don't like just playing the one character, or, or so, I think you're the only person I've ever met who's ever said that. That's why it's oh, so really? intriguing, intriguing to me. Oh, yeah, no, um, I I don't know how to turn off wanting to absolutely demolish what I'm in front of. So like, um, I had a my brother ran a game. I played in it, and we 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 went to this town, and they had an uh, uh, adventuring guild, and you could go there and um, take jobs and stuff like that. And I said, well, I want to see 
what jobs do. It's like, well, you are not a high ranking member, so you can only have access to the low level stuff. And I said, fuck you. <laughs> if I can do it, there are people. So you're telling me there's a whole book of things in this town of people who need help and you decide who gets the help. Fuck. So like that night I left in the in, in like a, in a tizzy and that night I broke in and I stole the book. And then within five games, I had solved the hardest quest because I had gone and I had brought back these retired. Cause like, you know, there's no one here to do them because the heroes are I was like, fuck that. Where are the heroes? Like I got really <laughs> obsessed and within like five or six sessions, I think I had reunited the heroes of old and this, 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 this. And then they realized that they didn't need the money. I got the money. I got a magic carpet. Like, I don't know (laughs) how to stop doing that. And so (laughs) I don't want to do that to people. Yeah. That's a a tough one, you know, especially for a lot of veteran GMs is I call it running from the player's chair. You know, it's like as a game master, you, you want to be creative, you, but it's also about control. It's about understanding that there's a story you want to tell in a way that you want to tell it. And when you're playing with someone else, they're not telling it right. So you're Hmm. got to game and you've got to game master and, and tell it right. But if you're a player, you can't do that. You, you have to kind of be along for the ride a little bit and you have to, you have to accept that. that and that, that's easy for a lot of people as really hard for, for others. All right. So um, I'm opening up uh, questions to our viewers. If you want to go on chat and ask any of the hosts or just hosts in general, any questions, go ahead and uh, we will introduce those into the conversation. Uh, But as uh, we will, until those pop up or something pops up that uh, catches our fancy, we'll just continue the conversation. Um, so, So Pedro, you're talking about starting a whole other spinoff of and you started this now how many how many spinoffs have you done from world walker so far a lot <laughs> i have um because i've been running the same universe for like 20 over 20 years now so it's not they don't seem as spinoffs i like to think of them as all like the same thing but they have sure. and they are spinoffs like so i run world walkers and then um, that's like a world hopping game. And then COG focuses on one of the worlds. It's a steam powered world. And then um, I, through my Patreon, I will run games for patrons. And so there's another game that is about rebuilding a world of fables and how they come together to decide what makes a story in a very literal sense. There's another one that's a spinoff that takes place in my original world that I, I wrote, and that's about people who find the artifacts of past fallen heroes and what it means to step into their roles. And then I have another podcast that is the opposite of that. It's the same story, but those people don't give a shit about being heroes. It's called The Other Ones. It just launched, um, and they just... They, they're using the artifacts to like start like a mobile apothecary. They call it a mobile app and shit. They don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a role playing game. God, I played it a couple of times. I forget exactly what it's called where you play the artifact. Mm. Like, like you, you don't play the wielder of the artifact and <laughs> the, the time span of the game is thousands of years. Right. Cause you're like a magic ring or a magic sword or something like that. Yeah. It, and you give people your power to meet your own ends. And you're like trying to corrupt, you make deals with them, you try and corrupt them, you try and guide, you give them advice or something like that. And you are not necessarily 
a benevolent being and oh, you it's like you a mask of, the rpg like based off the old yeah, comic yeah i when i played so it sweet. i played a palanquin which is the, <laughs> you know the, the chair that people hold like that and <laughs> because everyone was like well i'm a ring or i'm a sword or i'm a magic bow i'm like fuck it i'm a chair <laughs> I, and i was like this this great necromancer this horrible you know, like five thousand years ago i was going to take over the world and i was going to do all this sort of stuff but a part you know a group of adventurers defeated me but they they try i had this this magical chair carried around by my undead slaves that did you know i i i used it to focus on my power and stuff and i i hid my soul into the chair and i trapped myself in it and then it it's about how like I know the other magic items in the game and like they kind of have their own sort of motivation. I have my motivations and it's it really, it reminds me. It's like Wreck-It Ralph for upholstery. And right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a very interesting concept. Very, the more power good. you give them, the more powerful they become, but it's your power. And then they can start to overcome you and your influence so you could so it's a balance of you have a lot of influence over them but they wield it's called wield and if you uh if you give them the power to do things that they need then your influence decreases because they become more powerful uh and so it's this balancing act but then there's the other artifacts that you know and you talk to but maybe their motivations run counter to yours so yeah, it's like, yeah. But everything I, gets lost in the cushions of the chair. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Including that's people's it. souls. Yeah, that's like, they're like, uh, like extra dimensional spaces. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Nice. The seat of holding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. So we do have a couple of questions from, uh, from the chat. Uh, first one is just a general question of how we decided to do this. Uh, what made the three of us decide, uh, hey, the three of us could do a, th- a thing together. This Eric is actually decided to be my friend. That's right. And I'm, I'm along for the ride. <laughs> what else have I got to do at nine o'clock on a Sunday night? <laughs> right. So, yeah, just to kind of give a little uh, framework of what Big 20 is all about. Big 20 is a gathering of GMs from different podcasts <laughs> or just just different, you know, experience levels, things like that, uh, where we're just going to sit down for an hour and chat about, you know, what what we do and, and the, the craft, or if you want to, you know, dig that deep um, or just have conversation. And that's, it started with an idea that, uh, that I had that maybe we, you know, because podcasts uh, we're, we're generally as a, as a community, we're very friendly with each other. Uh, and a lot of times people will do cross promotional things, but very rarely do we do something where we all get together and do something together. Uh, so that was kind of the idea behind that. Um, so, and then, but then there is an actual topical question. Um, how do you guys handle apathy from, uh, passive players, like players that suffer from, uh, don't upset the GM syndrome. What I do is I put a spotlight on them, but I, I say that with a caveat, right? You know, I found that a lot of passive players tend to be on the shyer end of things. Um, because you're, Type A personality, loud people aren't passive. I mean, by nature, they're not passive. But, you know, if it's like, well, I don't know quite what to do. I don't know. You know, I don't want to step, uh, step with a new group. Um, and so what I want to do as a game master, because I actually had this happen uh, about a year or so ago, 
uh, I got two new people into my group. Um, and so what I did in that situation is I had a game. We were playing Blades in the Dark. We have a crew, a team. They're assassins. And so the first game, the first moments of the first game, I did it in media res. Instead of, well, hi, I'm an assassin. You look like you need an assassin partner. It was, you're in the middle of a job and it's fucked up. What do you do? And, you know, I kind of set up. But what I did is I had a table full of experienced people that I've been gaming with for years. And then I had uh, two people who were experienced players, but not with this group. So I split the party. I broke the party up and then I teamed the new people with the experienced people. And then I applied pressure to each group that they had a problem they had to get out of, like, like not do the plan and succeed. They have been doing the plan and it fucked up. Now they have to fix the plan to get out alive or go the triple extra effort to make it work. And, but to do that, they have to work together. And so I would put, I put the spotlight on the different groups, pairing them up with an experienced player. Had to work together to achieve. And it worked out great. Uh, it, it broke the ice. It showed that they can trust other people in the group. And it showed that, you know, you, they didn't have to, what I was really afraid of was the two of them, because they came in at the same time, teaming up together and forming a clique, not on purpose, not like high school, but, you know, kind of, well, we're in the same boat here and we're both uncomfortable. So we're in this together. I wanted to make them apart because I wanted them all to be in the same boat. That is my boat, not <laughs> their boat. <laughs> right. So, but, it, but yeah, that's what I do is I, I apply, you have to apply pressure and spotlight, but not be an ass about it. You know, you have to find what they want out of the story or the game or the situation. You maybe don't really know. And then you, you apply that spotlight and let them guide you to it. You know, you, you throw out some hooks, you, you throw out some stuff for them and you see where they go, go. When you put that spotlight on them is not what you wanted for your game or for that session or for that scene, you need to swallow that and throw that out because your goal here is not to run your game. Your goal here is to get the passive players not to be apathetic. Right. So spotlight on them, you lead them down the road they want to go. Actually, I'm sorry, you, you follow them down the road that they want to go down mm-hmm. and you make it awesome for them right. within yeah. the context of your game. Yep, I, I agree with that. I do something similar where it all depends on when I know, right? Because like, if you know from the onset, you can do something completely different than what you, like if you notice that the player is kind of checking out or apathetic or whatever, like I always assume the best. I don't assume I try not to I always assume like, oh man, so what like I don't assume like, oh wow, they're jerks. Like I always assume the best of them, right? So if I know it if I if I don't know it until we're in the game, um I try to give them space because I don't know, like I said, I I assume the best. I don't know why are they a little shy? Are they not clicking with the rest of the players? So I give them a little bit of space, but I get excited with them. Whenever they get excited, I kind of run with it. So someone's like, oh, dude, I'm totally going to do this. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I try to improv it and run with them on it, kind of like what you're saying. Um, I also try to uh, use whatever system I'm using 
and use the mechanics available. So like if you're playing D and D fifth edition, um, if they do something that's pretty cool, I'm not afraid to give them a little bit of inspiration, even if I wouldn't normally give inspiration, not right. a lot. I don't want to like, I want anyone else to feel like, Oh yeah, well he's throwing that one a bone. Cause so-and-so, um, but just to kind of spark it up a little bit. Um, and then kind of like you're saying with the spotlight too, I will, if the conversation's going on for a bit, um, I am not afraid to interrupt and narratively move it over. And so it'd be like, there's player A, B, and C, and B and C are going back and forth, really discussing something. And I will just kind of jump in when appropriate and say, and the conversation kind of continues like that for a while. And ideas are kind of flying back and forth. Um, and then I will prompt, I will say, player A, what what do you throw out there that might kind of wrap this up or throw something new into the mix? Mm-hmm. because if you just simply like something real simple like that, a lot of times like, Oh, well, what do I do? Mm-hmm. If I know it ahead of that ahead of time though, I do something else where I do this um, story prompt where I go, we're going to sit down and we're going to come up with the three adventures your group's already done. And it's like a round robin thing where it's like, okay, so uh, player a, what is the name of this adventure? Whatever you say. And then they'll be like 30 to 50 necromatic hogs. It's like, all right, cool. Now, what was this adventure about player B? And I'll just keep doing this like a real quick improv. And it not only gives the group a backstory, but it, it, it lets the, the, the passive player, the kind of uh, withdrawn player, get wrapped up because they know they've just created this wild stuff that they know I'm going to call back in later episodes. Like, <laughs> I had a player who was really withdrawn and he ended up creating this stupid ghost ship full of uh, <laughs> dancing pirates. <laughs> because he was on the spotlight. He goes, I don't know, Dancing Pirates. And I was like, you know, fucked up now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I like um, when I'm dealing with uh, a passive player. And this is something that I've learned over many, many years because actually one of my best friends is a super passive player. And I've, I've kind of gone through different, uh, you know, different things to try and, uh, you know, motivate or try to uh, – you know, try to, you know, like put spotlight and things like that. And the thing that I found uh, that works for me the best is try to, especially when it comes to new players that are passive is agree with them and Mm -hmm. say, and and don't, don't shoot down their ideas. Uh, Even if it doesn't even quite work with what you're doing. And I, I, I understand, you know, you can't just give them carte blanche, but you know, it's, you know, what do I, what do you want to do? Well, I want, you know, I see myself doing this. All right, let's do that all right, let's do that. You know, that I, I do that a lot now where it's like, okay, yeah, sure. No problem. Or, you know, can I have this? Yeah. Uh, sure. Let's, let's see if we can work this into how it'll work in this setting. You know, if it's something completely outrageous, you know, maybe it's not, I don't want to like spoon feed the new person who's, who's passive uh, at the detriment of everyone else who goes, well, now this story is lame, you know? So, uh, but yeah, for the most part, it's, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. And that helps, uh, that's helped a lot with uh, new players on, on my end where I've just like, you know, and then they get more comfortable making decisions. And I think that's the hardest part of being a new player, um, in resting glitch face. Um, Lindsay is a new player and she can, you know, she, she's super at the role-playing aspect and, and things like that. But then whenever uh, rules things start to come into play, she gets, it's almost like she's like, ooh, I, I don't know what I'm doing now. 
And, you know, you almost get to the point where you're just like, no, no, just, just tell me what you, we can make this work. Just do it. You know, just do whatever you want to do. Yeah. And that, that's one of the things with new players is the rules. I think, um, you know, if you have a new player, even if they're kind of an experienced player, I, I don't really think it's a good idea to go like heavy crunch systems. Um, because you want them to focus on the social aspect of it. You, you don't want them to focus on maximizing their character or, you know, should we go into this encounter or not? Or do I have the right gear? Is, is every single little piece of math on my character sheet right? I don't, I don't want them looking at their sheet. I, yeah. I want them looking at the other players. I want them looking at me. I want them looking at each other. Um, and if they're constantly going back and referencing their sheet and referencing books, and it, it, it creates a, a block to flow that I, I don't like. Uh, I don't like it normally, even with a my, my veteran crew. It's understandable. Uh, with, with new people or even shy, sort of apathetic people, it's all about, with, with apathetic people, it's all about hooking them in, right? It's all about getting them interested. And to me, the key part of getting people interested and hooked in and staying hooked in is momentum and keeping it going. Even if they're not doing anything, if other people are doing things that are interesting that they have a window to get in on, when you say, well, hold on, guys, let me see what the grapple rule is when you try and do that. No, right. Just roll D20 and move. Mm-hmm. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Because you got to right. keep them hooked in right yeah. and and i've also found uh that uh, sometimes people get hooked on you know well you know you can't be two places at once or things like that but um really a lot of that stuff can be hand waved anyway um you know just like uh um what dusty's saying in chat you know it's it's it you're pulling the players in not the pc so it doesn't really matter you know, if the, if the, the players, you know, uh, if the, the character has, you know, it's like, oh, well, you, you were just doing this and now you're over here doing that. I mean, what does it really hurt? Unless they're just trying to hog spotlight. Um, if they're just trying to get involved and stay involved in the story, then really what's it hurting? Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't know about you. I, I have characters I've played. I have played characters who are almost nihilistic. Don't care. Don't give a shit. Not hooked in, not engaged. I'm engaged, I'm really pumped, and mm-hmm. I'm playing somebody who's like, oh, man, this guy again. And I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, I love this guy. Let's, let's talk to him. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm not talking to that guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the player is who you have to hook in. The, the player is who you have to get interested and, in. And that's, that's a good point. Then when you're talking about, um, and as a, as a new game master, sometimes that's hard to differentiate is mm-hmm. is the player engaged and the pc is not and that's that's two totally different things and especially well, if you have an experienced player who can do both it, it's it, hard for game i found it hard for as a game master when players get very emotional about something well I'm, when characters get very emotional about something you know if they're really angry or really sad or really upset or some extreme of an emotion and it is we've got that momentum going and they're very comfortable with the group and they get into a lot of role play and their voices get raised and they're really pissed at this guy and and it's just like whoa oh oh it's your it's your dwarf that's pissed oh you're smiling good thank god <laughs> but i've i've had players before who They've gotten mad and I have not been able to tell if it's the player or the character because I'll be honest with you, it's both because there is 
there's a fuzzy line and I don't want to get into all kind of eighties role-playing satanic panic sort of crap, but you know, your character is an aspect of yourself. So sometimes I I've seen that to where the line gets a little blurry, you know, nothing crazy, but just a little blurry where I'm like, do I need to tone the scene back? Did I make a mistake? Sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, and then you have the, you know, the things like the X card or the fade to black right. card and things like that, which, uh, you know, I think everybody should be comfortable using. And I know there's, there's people who think that it, it wastes, uh, it, it spoils things and whatnot, but um, I've oh, never damn, seen them. We can't talk about rape. <laughs> right, well, exactly. right, exactly. Right, exactly. I run a table full of majority women. Like, there are more women than men at my table. We don't role play about rape. We don't even have an X card on it. Rape doesn't happen in my world. It's not something we explore. Right. But yeah, sorry, I can get off a whole tangent. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> we don't have an X card at the table because that's our choice. But the people who rail against it, I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. Yeah. So yeah, and I mean, and that's that's the that's the thing is if if you don't have one because you don't need one, then that, that right. that's completely okay, you know. Uh, but you know, if it's it, it, people are getting a little upset. I've seen, I mean, shit. There was uh, back in the day, um, players, de- you know, devolving into their you know lizard brain selves and and throwing you know punches at each other over a, a role playing game. You know, um, and it's these things, you know, emotions get high. And I've always said this, that, you know, uh, role playing games is uh, the, as a as a hobby and as a uh, pastime is a lot more personal than other things because you put so much of yourself into what you're doing. And, you know, to to try and disconnect that from, you know, actual emotion. I mean, that's that's really hard to do. So, you know, on that on that note, too kind of pull it into what about apathetic players or even shy players or do players and stuff. Another aspect of that is trust and, and earning their trust and not abusing their trust. I mean, you shouldn't abuse people's trust anyway, but I, as a GM, I like to do, I like to subvert expectations. I like unreliable there. I like mm-hmm. tricking my players I like obfuscation. I like mystery. I like that sort of thing. I can do that because I've been gaming with these people for years and I have their trust because I have worked to earn their trust. But with a new player, like you said, role-playing is, is very personal. Uh, it's, it's very visceral to people. Uh, they, as time goes on, they put a lot of effort, even if they're not role-playing at all, even if it's just rolling dice and killing orcs. You know, a person who's been playing a character that's been... Ro- doing nothing but killing orcs for 20 years, they know every single aspect of that character, even if they don't role play a single lick of them. Right. It's very personal. And so you as a game master are doing things to their character. You're challenging their character. You're putting obstacles in front of their character. And so it is a matter of trust. It, it's a matter of, of not abusing that, of saying, okay, you open this chest and the chest eats you. ha <laughs> ha. Right. You know, now you're screwed. Make a new character. That's not a good way to to do that. To to earn that trust, they they might be apathetic, not because they want to are afraid of stepping on the GM's toes. They may be apathetic because maybe they had a bad GM in the past. Right. Yeah. I also want to throw this out there too. Um, I also try to keep in mind that might be just the way they want to play. They might be introverts who this is their only social interaction, and after this game, they unplug. Um, 
They might um, have an inability to, to focus when they are there. Like they still want to hang with everybody, but they need to wander off. They, they need to be on their phone. And yeah. like, I think sometimes uh, it can be really easy for GMs to go like, well, why? Hey, eyes up here, eyes up here, like a shitty, like school teacher. Um, but like sometimes some people, they seem like they're apathetic, but they're really just, this is the way they navigate through life. And yeah. I think sometimes like I, I try, that's why I try to uh, attack it from like the, like, you know, I assume the best mm-hmm. and I, part of that is like trying to figure out, like trying to learn the player, not just, I'm trying to make sure I don't just fix the player. Mm-hmm. Reading the temperature like, of the room and of the individual is really important. Yeah. Um, like I game with my wife and we've been married for like 20 years. So I would like to think that I know her a bit. And I know that, you know, when she, if she's had a stressful week or something, or even a stressful day that she is not the type of person to say, Oh, thank God we're role playing and I can just let it all out and go crazy. And I can just do all this stuff. No, it, it, she's the type of person where stress weighs on her. And as a GM, we put, we challenge the characters. We put obstacles in their way. We cause problems for them. And you have to read the, the player you know, are they someone like me where it's just like, yeah, I show up. Yeah. Challenge me. Yo, give me these bad things. Shoot my character in the face. I don't care. I, because that's why I'm here. I'm here for that. And that's how I relax. Or are you more like my wife where if she's had a bad time of it, you just keep piling it on and piling it on, piling it on. You're going to shut her down in the game. So yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. It's what does the player need versus what do I want? Right. And again, like it was in chat, it's not about the character. It's about the player. It's about understanding the player. Right. And I, that's, I think that's something that I struggle with the most is, uh, especially when I'm doing something for a production, is taking the foot off of the, you know, off the accelerator a little bit and letting the, letting the players kind of take a breath and, you know, have that downbeat. Um, you know, and I've had players go, come on, man. You know, we've been going hundred miles an hour. Me. Stop beating. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm already, you know, I've, I've already got three lumps on my head. I don't need a fourth, yeah. you know, give, give me a minute to do something. And, uh, I have to go to work like this tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that's, that's certainly something that, punched you. That's right. Um, because Sell down I, some Eric's, that's always my excuse. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's it, that, like I said, that's something that I struggle with, uh, because, I'm, I come from that, that school of you're here to have an adventure and have, you know, like uh, there's some GMs who feel like you should have one role play uh, session or one role play scene and then an action scene. And sometimes that formula works and sometimes it doesn't. What was and, the old D&D second edition formula, like 2.5 combats per session or something? Yeah, right. Oh. Yeah, it, yeah, it's like <laughs> trying to figure out census. Um <laughs> You know, so it, it, I'm trying to, to overcome that. That's one of the, the GM struggles that I have is, you know, to, to let the players play. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes means I need to shut up and just let them play. That happened to me in this game that I'm running now, this Blades in the Dark game. Uh, you know, they, uh, I was saying this in chat. Uh, somebody asked if we had a session zero, and I was like, uh, Blades in the Dark, kind of requires a session zero because you make your characters, but you also make the crew. The crew has a character sheet and you make it and you, you do all this stuff for it and you, you kind of give the personality of the crew. And as a game master, I sit back and I observe and I, I let that happen and then I take notes 
based on what they're deciding and what they're not deciding. Um, and my, my guys wanted to be assassins. And during that session where they're making the crew, it's just like, we want to be assassins. We want to murder the shit out of people. We're not interested in gang politics. We're not interested in taking territory. We want to kill people for money. That's what we want. And I'm like, got it. And so what I did is I turned around and I made a, I made this, this high level political sort of espionage intrigue plot that was running through the campaign and they were on it. And then I noticed that they were getting really exasperated and I'm like, man, I thought my game was good. I thought, I thought I had a really solid story. It can't be me. It's gotta be them. What, what <laughs> is going on here? Right. And then I decided to take a breather where I'm like, well, I'm just going to do like an improv assassination job. They're at a, they're at a pause point. I need to kind of reassess how I'm handling the game. They're having fun, but there's like some, like I said, exasperation with it. So I kind of need to rethink my approach, but I, I need to still have a game. So I'm going to improv a contract, a hit. It's just a hit. That's all it is. There's no double dealing about it, killing someone. And they did it. Oh my God, they had so much fun. They had so much fun. And they had like, they all went off in separate directions and they had all these plans and they did all this prep work for it. And they, they were so engaged in it and they had failures and they helped each other overcome the failures and they had successes and it's like all kind of high fives and stuff. And I'm like, I fucked up. <laughs> it, it was me the, the whole time. Uh, I did not understand what they wanted and I delivered what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I, I could have done both actually, because I could have like just melded the two together, but I didn't. So I think that's important to going into a new project or, you know, starting something new is if you have a, an idea of something that you want to do, sometimes it's best to be transparent about that and say, this is what, this is what I would like to do everybody is that something that you'd be interested in doing now most people are just going to err on the side of being nice and say yeah let's do that um or you know maybe putting aside what you want to do and just do what the group wants to do because that you end up having so much more fun that way if because everybody's just dogpiling in on the story as opposed yeah. to waiting for you to tell them the story mm-hmm so, all right, I'm going back through chat just to see if there's any other questions because we're about, we're going to be wrapping this one up here pretty soon. So if you have any other questions for any of us, uh, go ahead and put it in the chat. Um, I see that we've got, uh, we've had a, a subscription already. So thank you for that. Um, and talking about uh, apathetic players and, and whatnot, I think uh, if you have somebody, let's say, you know, Peter, you're talking about how th this might be just like their only, you know, outlet. Um, do you, do you question that or is that something that you figure out during the, during the course of the game? I mean, how do you approach somebody about that? It's like, are you, so I think there's, I want to be like really upfront on this is that sometimes, um, what I do versus the advice I would give is very different. So for instance, I'm a huge extrovert. I want to be around people all the time. The only way for me to calm down is to be around more people, right? So I have a different skill set. I think that I'm really good at reading people. So my my advice comes from like a position of like advantage because 
I kind of just figure them out. I'm a really big people person. I love people. So the advice that I would give is different than what I do. Like, what do I do? I just hang out more and watch them. I've been doing this for a long time. So like what I would do after 20 years of game is different than what somebody should probably do if they're asking this question. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, So what I would advise is to, um, when you're telling your story, when you're running your game, take a second to remember that you can just pull back, let people talk. And while all that's going on, take a second to watch an extra step more. Because a lot of times when, when people are talking like that, we're either trying to figure out what we're going to do next. It's okay to sit back and kind of get a feel for it. Like, like, like was said earlier, read the room just a second. Um, and if you don't think, you know, you just ask them. You just have to just kind of, you know, if you're performing in a room of five people for three to six hours, it's okay for you to ask someone. <laughs> You've probably got enough of a, uh, <laughs> a rapport with them. Yeah. 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 So you just feel like, hey, I just want to make sure, um, you know, it's that you just ask them straight up, like, so what do you think of the game? Yeah. Don't, you don't have to ask them, like, so what's up with you in that fucking phone? <laughs> how can i make you pay attention to the story that i spend like three hours a week on like, right. like so what do you think of the game man like you know i'm asking and you just and you don't have to just ask one person yeah ask everyone you don't have to if if they're kind of withdrawn you can ask in the group um you can do leading questions like so if there's one thing you could change or things like that you know what i mean like don't yeah. ask don't you don't have to put the spot and be like so craft me a response that would best serve me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you, you have to be careful with that because for two reasons, one, you're going to get people who I have found people only say good things. Right. Even when they're not fully being honest. Yeah, it's the same thing Eric was saying. Like, what do you all want to play? I mean, whatever you want to put together. No, right. you have a you have a secret fucking passion. Tell me. <laughs> That's right. How do I find out what you want? I know you want something because I'm running space hunters uh, stuck in a time travel prehistoric adventure. That's right. Now you're gonna have you're gonna you're gonna have some feedback for me now. Like it's it's like the G, you're exactly right. It's, it's like the G spot of gaming, right? You got to try and find it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was trying to say with hamsters. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah see see how i connected that yeah <laughs> but yeah just just ask them um because worst case scenario it's awkward and weird for both of you yeah and yeah. then you'll be a little easier for both of you to talk later because <laughs> you're both going through all this weird awkwardness well and the, the thing the advice i give people is do not ask for feedback on your game if you are not prepared to hear it. Oh yeah, absolutely. You may think your game's the hottest shit going and then you say, oh man, that was great. You guys are awesome. How was the game? Eh, It was good. Yeah. That is not what you want to hear. But if you have to decide if you can handle that or not. See, I say to get the opposite advice, ask and get over it. (laughs) Learn to take those hits. No, uh, no, no. I I get what you're saying. I was just like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And that's the, one of the hardest things to, because you, as a game master, just like we're talking about, you know, in gaming in general, you put so much into, even if you're running a book adventure, you're still putting a, at the very minimum, you're putting your time into it. Yeah. Uh, but that's not always the case. It, it, you're putting yourself into it. And whenever somebody isn't 
you know, vibing with your game, it, it, a lot of people take it personally. And it's so hard to, to separate yourself from that. Um, and I mean, as people, you know, anybody who's done anything artistic, you know, especially artists or musicians, um, you know, they, they can tell you, and Pedro, you can, you can attest to this, you've got to be able to take a critique. You've got to. Because mm-hmm. if you take it too personally, yeah. you, it's, it's going to sink you. And that's why, like, I think, like, because I'm always, I know what it was like when I was getting into everything and I would hear people who would be like, you, you know, like you're saying, you gotta, right? But I think, like, another way to say it, too, because sometimes I'd get intimidated, like, I don't gotta. <laughs> I can go into my shell. You think I crafted this shell for, for 20 years so that you can, like, um, <laughs> it's, it's another way to say it, too, is, like, you know, you have to versus, like, um, you'll get better. You'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just just go through it now. It's like the idea of, like, you're in a relationship with someone. You're like, oh, I don't want to break up. Oh, I don't want to hear this. I mean, just just do the things you got to do. Like, it, it, in the end of the day, it's just games. It's just us hanging out. It's just us being friends. Yeah. Like, learn to tell somebody that you don't want Chinese this week. You'd rather go out for, you know, Mexican I'm biased. Um, <laughs> like, just, you know, learn to speak up a little bit for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. a big deal. Like, you know, the more, sometimes I think the more we treat this stuff like a big deal, the bigger a deal it, uh, yeah. it feels. Yeah. Like, we're talking a lot about, like, how do yeah, we deal with it? Just talk. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's going to be okay. Like, we obviously want to give advice and stuff like that. These but, are your friends, right? I right. Mean, so yeah and if they're not they're going to be because you just treat people yeah. like people and it usually works out pretty well right pedro i got a question for you because so, you've 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 ran games you know as a as a paid game master how is that different how is it different uh when somebody's paying you to do that um it's kind of not for me because i go into it going like i again this is kind of my advantage uh the advantage i have is that everyone can listen to me and find out like when they come in, I assume they, they, they want to play the kind of game I run because I have a podcast. So no one comes up and goes like, Hey, I was on the internet just a minute ago and I walked into the shop. Like, you know what I mean? Like I have that unfair advantage, but when I used to run games out of the shop, um, again, it's kind of a rigged question. Cause I've been, I, I didn't start doing this until I'd been doing it for 20 years. Right. So I have enough confidence to be like, they're going to find out real quick whether they want to play or not. But I like my games and my stories enough. And I like people enough that mm-hmm. I joke around a lot and the atmosphere kind of relaxes. I don't, yeah. I don't tend to be like darkness <laughs> for a thousand years. You have felt the weight of a, a million souls gnawing. No, nah, usually like, I'm not afraid to start in a tavern. I don't care if it's cliche. I don't mind to, uh, I just don't mind being silly and goofy and stuff like that. So yeah. I, I just don't let myself think about it. Um, right. I like, but I'm an extrovert. I'm a hardcore extrovert. I, when I lived in an apartment, I drug my drawing desk out into the living room and invited people over when I was going to work <laughs> so that I would just have souls surrounding me like some unnecessary lich. <laughs> like I, my advice is skewed. I love people and I won't, I mean, I'm on a stream. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hoping people listen to me talk. <laughs> because, I mean, the game is rigged for me. me. <laughs> 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 um, but for other people, I mean, if, if people are buying in, then you won. Yeah. 
You just, you already know. Like, I think that's the thing. The thing to remind yourself constantly is if people are, are hanging with you, they must like you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's, that's very you true. Know I mean, no one's going to drop money for a game um, unless they think they're going to like it in the same goat, but that you can take the money out. People are going to spend, people don't have time anymore these days and they can get a lot of entertainment any way they want to. If right. they're coming together at your table, it's because they wanted to. That's awesome. Like right. take a second to think how amazing it is that you got people together on a Friday night and they could have done anything else. Like yeah, they don't ever have to leave their house. They could have gone and seen a movie. They could have just gone to bed early. <laughs> like right. the fact that they're hanging out with you, just appreciate, appreciate. It's badass. Like, yeah. Everyone decided to have fun. So that's the best you can do. Right. Yep. Everything else figures itself out. Yeah. Yep. I agree. All right. Well, I, I think uh, we're just about so out of time. So how do you start things, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> I start them as I finish. I, I, I tend to start many things and never finish them. That's a, <laughs> uh, Can yeah. I throw one, like, one like, really gnawing advice that I have? Mm-hmm. If you're going to start anything, there's two things I have. I have a whole bunch of things, but the two things that – Write it down because once it exists, it won't go away. Get it out of your head because lots of things in your head all day, all the things you should and shouldn't do. And the second thing I would say, the thing I've learned over the years, don't tell anybody. If you want to create something, it's so you can share it. If you tell people before you've shared it, you've shared it. Yep. You get excited. You tell a bunch of people, I'll do it later. Yeah. Write it down and don't tell anyone until it's time to share it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then launch it before you think you're ready. That's right. And then once it's it's out there and in the world, never look at it again. Yeah. Never, ever, ever look at it again. Right. I did that with one of my games and I found a typo five years later and I hate myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's rough. Those are, those are my three things I really want to get out there. It's just get, get it out of your head. Yep. Don't tell anyone about it and then launch it before it's really ready because it's it's never going to be ready. No. So yeah. Yeah. Find just, a place. just let it go. Like writing, put yourself in the corner. Yeah. You can, you can get yourself out. <laughs> yep. And I, I like that. And, and when it comes to uh, like um, recording stuff, because people are like, oh, I, I could never do a podcast. Anybody can do a podcast. And the thing a that lot of people shouldn't. Well, no. No, I'm joking. How <laughs> people started that maybe weren't. No, yeah. that's terrible. I am just joking, everyone. Since everyone already does have a podcast, it's working. Right. Everyone should right. have a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, when you're talking about you know the stories that that you tell and things like that, or, or especially if you're doing an actual play, uh, listen to your old stuff in actual play because sometimes you will you will inspire yourself, and that's. Mm. That's something that I've learned uh, over the years is that some of the, th- and not even just myself, but the things that my players have said and done in some of the games that I've ran inspired me to do things later. Because mm-hmm. so, yeah. sometimes when you're running the game, you don't remember, even when you're editing and all that other stuff, you're so focused on that. You're not even really enjoying it. So, you know, go back and listen to it or Man, revisit it. Taking notes after the game, even though you want to hang out with people, give yourself five, 10 minutes. It saves so much of my life yeah like even if i'm pretending i'm like oh yeah absolutely yep. what was that dude's name they liked him <laughs> made that shit up completely on the fly all right we're gonna be wrapping it up here any final yep. thoughts just do things and be happy yeah. and remember that it's gonna it, it, you'll figure it out right and yep. your players don't know you messed up until you tell them <laughs> it was part of the plan the whole time that's right. 
All right, everybody. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, next week, we will be back. It won't be the same crew, though, because that's the thing about Big 20. You never know. Well, you Eric will know. kicked me out before we started. He's like, this right? is your one shot? This is your one shot. No, <laughs> And the no, reason everybody... it's called a one shot is because you don't get two. That's right. So, everybody, <laughs> we will all be back, but it, we are going to mix up the, the hosts uh, pretty much every week. So, it'll, uh, it'll be a good thing. So, all right. Um, we will uh, catch you guys next week.